Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Forza Italian Football Podcast here to talk about match day three of Serie A. I'm very excited, you can probably hear that in my voice and that is because for the first time this season I've got Vito Doria back on the pod. Vito, I wish it was in better circumstances for you but welcome back, it's good to see you again. Yeah, likewise Connor, Um, I'm still getting used to this whole new mic setup but uh, yeah it wasn't a good result this morning um, football wise but... uh... Glad to be back on the pod with you guys this season. Mate, do not talk to me about mic setups right now because I'm still in Verona. I'm having to stay here overnight. And I'm all over the place, to be honest with you, with all of the things I've got coming out of me. But we'll, we'll get through it. We'll survive. <sighs> Speaking of microphone problems, we've got someone who's incapable of operating. When it's you and Burns, you and hello. Hello. I'm very oh, capable. Good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm right here. I'm, I'm jolly <laughs> at the moment. There, there was a chance this evening that I'd have Kev in my kitchen, and then that has not happened. So, yeah, everything's all right in my world. I was very concerned at the idea of you, Kev, being in the same place recording a, a podcast, <laughs> because I know neither of you would have worked the microphone properly, so I'm kind of glad in the end that Kev pulled out. We've done it before, oh, actually, Just but it was just the two of us, though. Yeah, we exactly. Did That's kitchen fine. Table, which is weird. <laughs> That's fine in that situation. But when I'm hosting and you, you two are just at it, you know, being <laughs> men at it, I, I don't trust you <laughs> in that situation. Although I've got to say, I was a bit put out that Kev decided on a late enough recording time today and then bottled it, what, 35 minutes before the pod. Wasn't best pleased. <laughs> But if we'll it makes you feel better, it. that's the recording time I was going to ask for anyway, because of my train situation. So that does actually it, make me feel made considerably <laughs> better. What happened on your train, by the way? Uh, I was just going to be back that late anyway, um, but then there was a lot of fighting on a platform on the Wirral, and anyone from this part of the world will know that that's not that uncommon a thing. Um, oh. And there was a lot of squealing and shouting and swearing and police. Squealing? Yeah, it was like it was one of those a massive group of people, and it was like, I don't know, it got sorted. We're on our way. It's fine. <laughs> You're here now. That's the important thing. Yeah. So, I'm pleased, guys. We're not going to beat around the bush. There's a midweek match day Saturday coming up, and there's another weekend's action the following week. So this podcast is probably going to be a little bit shorter than the usual listeners. But if you are interested in more Italian football content, we will be previewing. Match day four for patrons over on patreon.com slash total Italian football. And you'll also get the match day four review and the match day five preview over there as well. For those of you who are not signed up to Patreon, you will not be hearing from us until after next weekend's rounds because that's how things operated last season. That's how they're operating this season. But match day three 
quite an interesting one. There were a lot of big games. We bigged it up in the preview. And these are the results. So, on Friday, there were two games. Monza lost 2-1 against Udinese. Just going to let that <laughs> sit there for a moment. And then Lazio beat Inter 3-1. What a game that was in the capital. And definitely one of the games we're going to look into a little bit more. Juve Romo's 1-1. Torino beat Cremonese 2-1. Sassuolo and Spezia played out a 2-2 draw in Liguria. Milan, in those terrible green kits, beat Bologna at home while Bologna were wearing white 2-0. Very confusing. And on Sunday, Atalanta beat Verona 1-0 at the Bentegodi. Salernitana beat that team from Genoa 4-0. Vitom, sorry. Lecce Empoli was 1-1 and Fiorentina Napoli was a goalless draw. Going to break from tradition here, okay? We usually start at the top. We usually start with the big games. But we haven't had Vito Doria on the podcast yet this season. He's here. Samp lost 4-0. And Samp have been dreadful this season. So, Vito, I'm sorry to welcome you back in this way. But what on earth is going on at Marassi? Well, it's an absolute shambles at the moment. <laughs> That's that's the nice way of putting it. There's a lot of uncertainty around the club. Uh, again, it's similar to three years ago. There's all this talk that new owners are coming in, this and that, and that uh, some could be bought out in September. But the way things are, the club's still in limbo. It's a weak squad as well. I reckon it's the worst since Sampdoria came back to Serie A in the 2012-2013 season. And... At the moment, three games and no goals scored. Uh, that's uh, quite concerning too. But overall, the team's weak. And also, even the new boys coming up from Serie B, they look like they've made reinforcements and they're making a decent crack of it as well. So some really have to watch the backs this season. Otherwise, it's more or less a chance to pray for a miracle and... Uh, I honestly think Sump will be hovering down the bottom, like between 14th or 18th. So I would not be surprised if Sump actually get relegated this season mm. because the squad is so fragile and uninspiring. It does look troubling. Um, 14th, I think you're being very kind to yourself there. But my dad sent me a message which made me laugh. And I'm sorry, Vito, but I'm, I'm just going to present it to you in the same way that he said it to me. So he said... Okay. Samp have more points than goals, and they only have one point, which means. <laughs> so sorry, it's dreadful. It's oh, dreadful. Although, do you look back at that goal that was disallowed against Atalanta that would have put Samp one 0 up and think, if that had stood, how different might things be now after three games? Might have changed the momentum a bit because uh, Sampdoria had a decent amount of possession in that game against uh, Atalanta. And uh, it just seemed we're really missing that bit of quality in the in the box. If we're talking about that particular moment, I think, you know, that's where things sort of went against uh, Medi Laris in the build-up and how, you know, the footage can be a bit uh, misleading at times. But then there are other moments where I think there were some chances uh, in at least the first two games where I thought, some should have scored and unfortunately was it to be and uh, 
in this game against Salernitana, they just looked uh, sensational. Well, Salernitana did. And uh, <laughs> just to rub it in a bit more, uh, Federico Bonazzoli, a former Sampdoria player, scored yeah. one of the goals. So <laughs> talk about adding uh, salt to the wound. Yeah, it was it was a difficult one to, to stomach that. And obviously, Antonio Candreva was playing for, for Salernitana as well, just ha- having made that move in the summer. Not mm. a pleasant evening for you, Vito, or morning, I suppose it would be for you. So uh, I'm sorry that you're having to join us in this way. Mm-hmm. Ewan, I'm going to ask you a question with three possible answers, okay? Um, finish this sentence. There will be a Derby della Lanterna next season in Serie A, in Serie B, or there won't be? In... Serie B. Genoa stay down and Samp go down too. Yeah, which I should stress is based much more on Samp than Genoa. Okay, right. (laughs) I'm obviously less familiar with what they're doing right now. Um, Samp were were one of the teams that we picked out on previews and stuff as looking like they're in trouble. Now, I should stress another one was Torino, and I think they're currently sitting second or third. Um, But I think Samp, that just seems... Yeah, it wasn't a brave call. It was quite obvious. Some of the most important players left and they've not been replaced or they've been replaced by players who just don't seem to be as good at all. Um, Torino top of the league. Even better then. Good for them. <laughs> like I think Bologna, Bologna was the other one. Point. They were yeah. the three I had in my head who would who if, who if could go down and it would be a shock. Not a shock, but you know what I mean? It would be more notable than if Lecce went back down or whatever. Um, and Samp do look like they've got the ingredients, I've got to say. They do. It's not looking good, although it might just be a case of a few coaching changes along the way. Get, get that they are <laughs> in or something, I don't know. That, they've they've got to be on track for at least four, I reckon, on, on yeah, current trajectory. Giampaolo's gone before October, isn't he? Yeah, because they're starting with an existing one anyway, so that's yeah, already he'll be, like a head start. He'll be back before <laughs> January, probably. Yeah, yeah. There's so, two cycles in there, I reckon. Yeah, I, I think so too. <laughs> we'll see how it goes anyway. But let's get on to the other game, shall we? And have a little bit of a of a happier time talking about it. Lazio beat into 3-1. Now, Ewan, what a game this was. But let's forget it all, shall we? And just talk about that goal. Because Luis Alberto. Now, if you're one of these absolute thumb-sucking losers who's popping up on Twitter saying, deflected. Fuck. like, stop it. Stop it. Enjoy it. Listen to it. Watch it. It was a gorgeous goal, Ewan. It goes in regardless of the deflection. There is one, but it is so minuscule. It, it offers the min- tiniest little bit of height to it, but the, the same goal happens and it will look just as good. And... Um, I feel like you may have said this on Twitter, but it's definitely something we've both said in the past for these sort of goals. I, I was sat on my own watching it, and I let yeah. out quite a loud noise. <laughs> I almost stood up. <laughs> give me, it takes a lot for. <laughs> give me the noise you made. Oh, I don't know if I could recreate it. It's not as natural. It was some. It, it was more. It was something along the lines of like a sort of yeah. Oh really? <laughs> oh so, yeah, big one. <laughs> I went. I went high. I was like. <laughs> when I saw it going, but it was, it was a bit longer than that. 
And yeah, I did put that on Twitter. It, but it might have been halfway between what we both just said there, okay. possibly. That, that, that mine came out more deep than I was expecting it to, to be quite frank. But it definitely yeah, wasn't was, as high as what you just did. The most masculine you've ever seen. That's when you yeah. just there, to be honest with you. But what a goal. Like, an absolutely brilliant goal. Um, but Vito, Lazio were more than deserving of the, of the three points here as well. They certainly were. I felt that with Inter, they didn't play with the usual intensity that we've been accustomed to in the last couple of seasons. And even though there were moments where they did uh, control the play, they just didn't look as incisive as they usually would. Uh, Lazio defended very well. They knew how to defend in a deep block. And just the way they moved the ball around, they were far more fluent, much slick on the ball, very clean control. The combination play was good, and they were able to use the space in front of them. That being said, I really felt that when they brought on Luis Alberto and um, Pedro, I think that's what really made the difference. And those uh, two goals in the second half really made the difference. Having that quality and the way they took those chances goes to show when you've got two players like that coming off the bench to turn a game around, especially a game like this... um, I'm sure that would put a massive smile on uh, Maurizio Sarri's face just to see his team reap the rewards like that. What you said, Vito, about them not looking slick, I think for Inter, that is possibly the scariest part, is that they looked tired. It's like they were running in sand compared to Lazio. And like everyone else, they've got. I think, it, I think they've got six games in the next 30 days, basically. Um, they're just playing like every three days for a stupid amount of time and you know Inzaghi's got this bigger and you know supposedly better quality depth squad but they, they don't look very fit in comparison to other teams it's a bit odd how's that happening in the third week well that, that's that's what I mean I, I I'm always hesitant to say that but you know on the pitch that's what it looks like oh. you know even against Lecce they you know at times they looked slow um Spezzi game I didn't see, I must admit, obviously they won that very handily. But then in this one, they Lazio just looked infinitely sharper. I still think, you know, the, the size of the squad in to have, I still bat them to finish ahead of Lazio overall. But in this game, they, they almost looked like a couple of weeks behind fitness-wise. And like you say, I don't really understand how that happens. There might be something in that, though, because I remember when, I can't remember which coach it was, I assume it's Zidane, just because of I'm trying to put together a timeline of his Real Madrid career and my career writing about Spanish football but he always kind of and with his with his fitness coach I think it's Pintus isn't it he always made his teams be ready for March on and they kind of prepared for seasons knowing that they weren't going to be great physically until after Christmas but then after Christmas they'd be in really good shape and from March until May there'd be no one around that could come close to them. So maybe there is something in that, in that Inter have specifically been preparing for post-World Cup. United's form under Ferguson for a lot of years was something similar to that. Not that they necessarily started badly, but in January, January and February, United were, for a lot of years, just untouchable. It, It seemed to be after Christmas was when they sort of caught everyone out and that's when titles were won, basically. So yeah, I think, I think that is definitely a theme, but... You know, it remains to be seen if that's what he's doing. (laughs) 
Vito, are you concerned for Inter? Or is this just... I mean, they lost 3-1 against Lazio in, in Rome last season too, so maybe it's not that problematic. At this stage, I don't think it's uh, that much of a problem, to be honest. They played well last week against Spezia, and it was only because Strongovski made a few saves to really make the scoreline less embarrassing for the Spezzini. And uh, with Inter, they still got the quality there. And I just think that uh, perhaps going forward later in the season, we might actually see them come good, especially with these big teams. If they struggle early in the season, they are concerns, but uh, the best teams usually turn around after the Christmas break. So um, Mm. at least hopefully for winter's sake, that's the case. Like I said, we are going to move through a little bit quicker than usual today, so we'll move on to Juve Roma, who finished 1-1. Juventus went 1-0 up, Ewan, Dusan Vlaovic. I mean, there were, guys, there were just good goals in, in Serie A this weekend. There was the Luis Alberto one, the uh, Dusan Vlaovic one, the Ton Cup Miners one this evening that I was there for. And we, we've had a lovely time, but 1-1 on reflection, fair enough result. Roma probably the happier of the two. Yeah, I said... Just about, but sort of, I'd say 55-45 in favour of Juve in terms of... Just if, about if fair somebody, or just about Roma being happier? Just about fair, but if... Well, yes to both, basically, because I think if I were a Juve fan, I'd be more miffed about that than if I were a Roma fan. Mm. Um, they were certainly not overwhelmingly better, but if any team were to snatch a late winner, Juve would have deserved it more, I think, because yeah. that was... It was very, very flat for the majority of it from Roma basically there, there was you know the the moment with the goal was good and there was a few other good moments in the second half but I, I don't think the second half performance as a whole was as good as it's kind of been made out a little bit the suggestion is that it was a fully game of two halves I don't think it was Juve still posed a threat and Roma posed slightly more of a threat than the first half but it wasn't you know if if, if you know as we know I like Roma if they'd lost I would not have felt hard done by it was a game of two uneven halves. It was a game of two halves that weren't halves. It was a game of two parts. Mm. It was just a Could game, say that? maybe. It was a match yeah. in which yeah, one team was better happened. for more of it. Yeah. <laughs> I was there. Not, not we, talk about, <laughs> we talk about Tammy Abraham and, and Paolo Dybala loving each other. It's cute, isn't it? It's, it's absolutely lovely. The kiss was nice. nice, wasn't it? Yeah. I'd rather another goal but but yeah that you know it's, it's worth half a goal i don't think it is but just <laughs> in case you've not seen this i don't know how you've not seen this we put it out on at Serie A total on the on the twitter account basically before kickoff tammy abraham's just waiting for the match to start and he decides do you know what before this match starts i'm gonna let paolo Dybala know i love him so he just shouts paolo paolo and then he just blows him a kiss. And I just thought it was <laughs> it was lovely. And then Dybala went on to, to assist Abraham's equaliser. But you and you wrote about this after the match. Uh, you drew some comparisons between Dybala, who obviously got that assist against Juventus for his new club, but the guy who kind of replaced him in the team, and Dusan Vlaovic, probably had a better night. Yeah, um, yeah I should stress... For anyone who has read that or will read it, I, I very much mean in a short-term sense of just this game. It was like a little microcosm, basically, of you know he hey, you he um what? where where can they read it? 
Oh. <laughs> he had me looking and thinking that I was muted. <laughs> I'm not muted. What's he want? <laughs> Why is he waving at me? Uh, they can read it at Total Italian Football. They in can. any of the sections. <laughs> it's probably in most of them. Roma, opinion Juve, Serie is probably the easiest way to find opinion it. Opinion as well. Yeah, it is an opinion. I don't care um, sections, you and <laughs> let, 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 let me talk about it. <laughs> um, yeah, basically saying, obviously, Juve made pretty much a constant decision not to pay Paolo Bali what he wanted um, partway through last season. And they thought, we're going to stick our eggs in the Vlavic basket. That's, you know, he's the centre of our project now, not Dybala. He's the attacking centrepiece. And Dybala scored, uh, Vlavic scored a fantastic free kick. Um, had overall a good game. Not not a otherworldly performance or anything like that, but he was involved throughout. Um, and there was more to it than just a free kick. Whereas Dybala, you know, was very in and out. He, he he doesn't look. He's not bedded in yet, and you know you can argue you might look at that. Yeah, it is. But I just think you, I think I feel like if if I was in the Juve hierarchy, I'd still look at that and go, yeah, I'm I'm still comfortable with what I've done based purely on this game. Got very excited when you mentioned baskets there, but then I realised you you said eggs and not cats, so I'm disappointed. <laughs> but did you guys see the video of? What is allegedly Pavel Nedved? Um, no. Okay, let's leave it there. Um, <laughs> I haven't got a clue. Pavel Nedved in a state that we would assume Kev is in three nights a week, walking oh, around a, on a, presumably, Turin city centre. And let's just say... He's struggling to walk from A to B without going through H, L, and Q on the way. And um, if it's him, I... it's funny. I don't think it's him. <laughs> I've just come across a different video when I've put in Nedved on Twitter, where he's, he's inside. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to explain it on this podcast on which we can't swear. <laughs> oh, um, there's there's oh, women involved. Put it that way. Oh, right. I should stress Didn't again. That. Again, can't verify that's actually him, but it does look like him. <laughs> oh, maybe this is a maybe this is a meme. Maybe people post videos of people that have blonde hair and say it's Nedved. Yeah, yeah. It very it's a blurry video. It very well could just be somebody okay taking the mic. But maybe we that's, that's what I found to, to a meme. <laughs> but we'll continue. I've got to be honest, guys. We oh, we finished with Juve Roma? The... Uh, unless you've got anything to add, Vito. I'm, I'm, I'm done with Vito. it. <laughs> uh, not a big deal, really, except <laughs> that... Uh, yeah. All right, fine. We'll move on. Um, I'm kind of annoyed that Kev's not here tonight because Milan played Bologna and they won 2-0, but I don't think we're going to talk about the football here. To be honest, Milan fans, sorry. Because your team committed a crime. <laughs> An international so, war crime. It's the third game of the season and they're already doing it. At least Napoli generally wait until January to start going mad with their kids. But Milan wore green at home to Bologna who had to wear white. Uh, and this has bothered me more than it should. Because if you guys remember... Green kits are supposed to be banned from this season on in Serie A, mm. unless you're a team that had green as part of your home colours previously. Why have Milan been allowed to wear this kit 
And Vito, in the absence of Kev, do you want to channel your inner Mr. Pugjalski? I think this is the time for it because it's just <laughs> nonsensical rubbish. Put it this way. AC Milan wear red and black normally and Bologna have red and blue. For many years, Bologna wearing a white jersey in Milan would have been sufficient. And you could even say the same when they have to play Inter at the Meazza. So AC Milan wearing this army green thing, it's just uh, perplexing to say the least. They should just stick to the original colours and leave it at that because what's the point of wearing an alternate kit when the Wayside's alternate kit is more than sufficient? Sometimes these kind of things are just plain absurd and uh, I think it's yeah one of those bad things about modern football that you just want to create all these different kits and it's just more for the sake of uh, sales and you know, just trying to sell more merchandise. But just even as a TV viewer or if you're at the stadium itself, I think what Milan wore on the weekend was just absolutely unnecessary. My issue with it was more, not so much that they'd worn a third kit at home. Just like that, that, the that, season. Second that has home its, game of the season. That has its own issues, but I'm sort of over that in, term, in a modern football sense where like I, I feel like, you know, that happens a lot now. Um, but what was annoying about it was that because it is this green that you just don't associate with them whatsoever, I could not just, I could not get it in my head that I was watching a game at the San Siro. That was the, I, I yeah. was so convinced that it was in Bologna. For, so even though I knew it wasn't, but I was, it's, it's amazing the way just the shirts on those players somehow shrunk the stand behind them. It was yeah. amazing. And it, it was, oh, I couldn't get my head around it. It was horrible. My my head was destroyed trying to watch this to the point where I put out a tweet jokingly saying I might actually turn this off. Then five <laughs> minutes later, I turned it off because it the day was long. My head was a little bit fried by the time this match came on, and I wasn't planning on watching it. And then I put it on, and I, I immediately couldn't work out who was who. And I was at a game at the Dallara. It must be in 2019 now, where Bologna wore a green shirt, right? Because they were celebrating some anniversary, and green is an important shirt colour in their history, right? I've got a special programme that they gave out that day and everything, which says, the green shirt on it, and there's a story about the green shirt. So that's somewhere in my head, right? And I'm sure it's somewhere in the head of a lot of people who watch Bologna. Green is associated with that club's history. Milan... Not to my knowledge. I've never seen them wear green before. Um, so I'm watching this match. And in my head, not only is it hard to understand where the game is, but Bologna are the ones in green in my head. And I can't work out who the team in white are. And this just kept happening. And I kept get catching myself and thinking, right, Bologna white, Milan green. But then like five minutes later, something would happen. I think, wait, who, who are the team in the white? Playing against Bologna, and I just had to turn it off because my head was fried and I couldn't deal with it. So they're losing viewers through this nonsense as well. We'll need to get Kev on midweek and get him to get his spreadsheet out. I don't even know if he's officially opened his spreadsheet for the season because it's so early, but he's going to have to have. Um, where should we go next? Let's come, let's come here. Guys, come to me. 
I'm, I'm sitting here in, in the fair city of Verona. I'm less than 100 metres away from Juliet's balcony. It's very romantic. Atalanta won 1-0. I'm quite pleased. Tuncut Miners scored a belting goal. And Vito, seven points, three games, two away wins. The only drop points came against the Italian champions. Atalanta have started the season okay after all. It's a good start to the season, and especially after, you know, failing to qualify for Europe for the first time in a few years, I think uh, this is an ideal start, and Atalanta can go further into the season knowing that they don't have the extra games. We might be able to see another charge up the table again. We're not always going to see Atalanta play the best football, so to get a 1-0 win on the road, it's a case of, job done that coupe minor strike was a fine low strike and even though Veron in the second half tried to pull one back uh, they just didn't have the quality to get an equalizer themselves in the meantime also you could feel that Atalanta probably should have got a second I think it was Luis Muriel towards the end that should have uh, buried a chance but uh, yeah a positive start and there are quite a few teams locked on seven points at the moment so um, it's good for now that Ladea are up there in that conversation. Got to give credit to, to Gasparini for this, Vito. By the way, I, I heard that little slight dig you had, but I'll take it. I made you talk about Sam getting thumped 4-0 to start the pod, so fair enough. Um, but Gasparini got everything just spot on after his starting 11. The, the starting 11 raised a few eyebrows. It was a little bit weird, and I think with hindsight we could say that it wasn't the right team. Brandon Soppy, Adamola Luckman, um, Memo Okoli, okay, he kind of had to start. But there were a lot of players who started who probably shouldn't have, even possibly Ruslan Monorovsky's in that list as well. But he quickly identified what was going wrong, and before half time, he had Ederson and Muriel ready, and it was clear that they were coming on at the break. They came on, the system shifted, and they were basically playing with, with two teams there was the defensive team and there was the attacking team. And Ederson, Muriel, Zapata and Malinowski didn't do any defending, really, for the first few minutes of the second half. Um, and one of the midfielders was kind of responsible for connecting it up either the Rona Cup winners. But then they got their goal. It worked. The, the space that having more players up there created allowed Cup winners to just wander into a big open area and, and finish really well. And then it went mad. For, for about half an hour, it was being played like a game that was in stoppage time because it was just boom, 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 one end to the other. And then Gasparini made another change and he said, we're going to just shut this down, revert it back to the old system, melee, come on. And that was it. And I think that's what I wrote about after the match for on total-italianfootball.com. Gasparini just smashed it and I think he deserves credit. That, that win will be probably... See, we'll probably see Cup Miners get a lot of credit for his goal, but in reality, those three points are gasps tonight, and full credit to him. I think he, he was spot on from slightly after the start on, until the finish. Not quite from start to finish, but rest of the games, let's move swiftly through. <laughs> you and Udinese beat Monza 2 1. <laughs> yeah, they're still not winning, are they? You must have been conflicted with this one. What, what, oh yeah, out of interest, actually. Cause I hadn't really thought this was going to be a game. Cause, hmm. Actually, no, I think I wrote about this something else. Anyway, um, what was you... Why did you use that what, one to write about? 
I think because I had an obvious idea of what would happen, and okay. I got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm an honest man. I got it wrong. Um, I think I, I said that there would be no goals, pretty much. Um, oh. There was three of them. But yeah. what, what did you want to happen for your two most hated teams? Like it's, gonna, it's, I, it's just nil-nil what you'd rather? Or? No, I want to do the Netherlands to win. Okay. I want to do the Netherlands to win. In an ideal world, it would have finished 4-3 to Udinese and Monza would have gone 3-0 up Petania, Pessina and Colpani would have scored and the three of those would have gone off at half time and then Udinese would have scored four goals in the second half and Ogbeno would have got one of them it would have and been also good. if it was in Serie B that's the ideal world surely I'd like Monza to be even bit... further yeah you stick them both in Serie so <laughs> Just no, demote them both. can come and go. They can go between Serie A and Serie B. I won't be offended. She was like, always here. Offended. Yeah. They are offensive. <laughs> Not even just annoyed, offended. No, I find them offensive. Like, I don't know why that's a surprise to you after <laughs> however long you've known me. But yeah, Udinese beat Monza. Monza in the bin. Rubs, gone. Serie B. See you later. Um, I should clarify. If new owners come in and buy mods, I have no problems with them. Fine. My problems do... are very clearly with him. Yeah. Do, <laughs> do we with... know of any Monza fans who interact nope. with us? I can't nope. think of any. Because they don't exist. Okay. They also that makes it easier not. to carry on saying these um, things. <laughs> yeah, say whatever you want. Say whatever you want. It's fine. Completely fine. I don't need to. Um, you're doing it. Yeah. I probably need to tone it down, do I? been a bit much this season although the don't nod your head because the big one was on patreon the the really big one <laughs> yeah that, that was, was quite the rant that was it was enjoyable though <laughs> yeah I, I enjoyed it as well to be honest i felt good after it um what's left Cremonese lost 2-1 to torino vito torino look okay this season after all They've had a decent start as well. They're another team that's now on seven points uh, after three games. And... Just saying that about everyone. Everyone that won this week, yeah, they're on seven points. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But uh, uh, Torino, they made some decent signings have, and uh, two goal scores. Well, Vlasic's goals not credited to him necessarily, but he, he was the one that got the ball rolling. And then uh, Radonjic got the second. Those two new signings, they might add a bit more... X factor to this Granata team, and especially since they're having a bit of difficulty trying to get Dennis Pratt back from Leicester. Perhaps those two, they're the ones that should be giving uh, Antonio Sanabria adequate service. And also defensively, they're, they're still doing a good job without uh, Bremer there. Yeah, they are. They look more solid than I expected, although. I suppose the caliber of opponent they've played needs to be taken into consideration, much like it does with with Atalanta. Might I say, Sam Verona, two pretty poor sides this season. I, I'm not quite sure what to expect from Verona, but yeah, um, I'm hoping to get the Cremonese soon, get the Cremona soon, because it's new, and I'd much rather that than go to Monza. Even though I'm quite curious about Monza, because it looks like their stadium's weird. Um, but like almost imposing. You and Spezia two, Sassuolo two. I noticed that Pinamonti scored. He did. Which is so nice did for Fratesi. Fratesi too. Mm. But I think the you know that strike position is one that they 
need to get right in terms of their summer business. And I'm not saying Pinamonte's going to do anything overly special, but he scored. Not. You can't ask. You can't ask for much more than that on one game, a goal. Um, apart from that, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, maybe he might get one. That's all his own doing next week. <laughs> He's steadily improving. I don't know what you're talking about. Nor do I. All right. Right. Um, <laughs> Letcher, Letcher drew one-one with Empoli. Let's not. Strefetta yeah. scored a really nice goal. Strefetta's goal was very nice. Uh, yeah, like I wanted to say about that him good. that he scored against... He did another goal at some point this season, and I enjoyed it. It wasn't it was against really Sassuolo, so it was... It, it wasn't Inter, though, either. I swear he what did one. He, he did Copa something Italia. brilliant. Uh, I know he scored, he, he scored a bulk of their goals last season, and he just looks really fun. Um, he, and that, that was my point about him, basically. <laughs> I think he was their vice-captain in the game against Sassuolo. And I was shocked, because he was in Serie A with Spal before, and he was a little hothead. So, <laughs> if he's that high up in terms of their list of captains, I'd be concerned. I think you've got to be explosive. a hothead with a name like that. Strefetza. Like that's, that's, yeah. a, that's a spiky name, that, isn't it? Is it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Vito, jump in and save us. Uh, putting his temperament aside, I just think it's uh, quite interesting that his uh, transformation's been like this. I remember when uh, Spa was still in Serie A and he was playing as a ring as a wing back. He looked mm. fast and had some skills on the ball, but uh, his transformation since joining Lecce has been impressive. And that goal he scored against Empoli was an absolute cracker. So hopefully he provides more... Uh, stunners throughout the season and adds a bit more to the highlights reel. Did you guys know that he's not Italian? Yeah, he's Italo Brazilian. Yeah. I, I think I did, Brazilian. but only because of something pre-season. I, I wouldn't mm. have. Because <laughs> I always just assumed he was Italian and thought it was strange that his name was not Gabriele, but Gabriel. But, no, there you go. Fair enough. Born in Brazil. Okay. Sorry. Most of the time they just be called Gabriel, but I suppose there's too many already. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, do, do you want to end on no. the the insane news that keeps coming out about Paul Pogba, where this suddenly has all the makings of a transfer that even beyond his injury could be... His brother has been tweeting all manner of insane thing about him. I don't know what he's What's on about. What's his brother been saying? Um, stuff to do fighting? with... Yeah, yeah, big time. He's like oh, talking about okay. how so Paul's true colours are coming, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then also Which French brother? authorities. This is Matthias. Matthias. So not... That's the less the, the famous only, one, isn't it? Yeah, the, the only one I know of is Florentine because he played for Saint-Étienne when mm-hmm. we played against them with Pogba. Um we. Yeah, I was there. I'm part of the team. <laughs> um, but yeah, apparently the French authorities are now investigating a case of attempted extortion by an organised gang with regards to Paul Pogba. Wow. Um, he's told police that he was trapped by childhood friends and two hooded men with assault rifles who demanded 13 million euro from him. Can you... That's from um, France TV info. Thank you. I was waiting for that <laughs> because we need to say that. Um, interesting. If this wasn't this pod we'd chat about that a little bit more so mm. 
Maybe we'll chat about that on the, on one of the Patreon pods in the week. Like I said, we'll be previewing round four. This is coming out on Monday morning. That's kicking off on Tuesday. So we'll record it on Monday. We'll release it to you on Monday yeah, you'll, night. You'll get them morning. at the same time. <laughs> yeah, probably. And then we'll be back with a review pod. We'll probably do that on Wednesday night and release it on Thursday. And then we'll have the preview pod for the weekend's football on the Friday. Anyway, thanks everybody. Patrons, we love you more than we love the non-patrons. So if you're a non-patron, sign up. It's worth it. Speak to you soon, everybody. Goodbye.